Hi, this is Brian Carpenter, your host at this podcast. I'm working on being a pastor minister with my own little uh, podcast here. I'm using my nonprofit that I'm the president of. And so we don't have the paperwork for a church, but we're not going to really do that. That's just the name of the podcast. Anyways, earlier uh, on my podcast, I had my mom, who is a death counselor, helps people die um, that are dying, slow death. And um, I just interviewed her today again. So we're going to listen to that. And then um, I'm going to think about what else we're going to talk about. Maybe maybe do a reading of the steel 666 uh revelations unfolded from john the revelator i am asking you i am not i am trying not to beg and wash windows in front in a gas station so um please go to immortalself.org and donate a dollar five dollars or ten dollars i would really appreciate it It would mean so much thank you i'm also just so you know i'm also go to um my my twitter uh, at k-l-a-n-e-s-t-r-o clinestro k-l-a-n-e-s-t-r-o i know it's not really all integrated i know but um i had that twitter for a little bit um and you will find my YouTube channel that I did a YouTube reading out of the Bible. I did the, the, um, paradigm, the, the, I did the, um, uh, parable of the Good Samaritan. It's amazing. It's a little short little scripture. And I, 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 I talked about how I thought about that. I'll be doing the Bible a little bit more on my YouTube channel just to promote the, the podcast or my ministry. I also have a, I just started a Tumblr account. I think that's Pastor Carpenter on Tumblr. Anyway. Okay, Mom, how are you doing? This is now recording. Okay. Um, what? So I wanted to know, I wanted to know, like, how to help the rest of us understand and grasp the thought that we won't be here. I don't know how many people actually have a loved one that died, but um there there that I'm sure gives you a sense of mortality. Part of what I I see is in in working with this population is it's really based on the relationships you have. Maybe you have a better relationship with an aunt and uncle than you do parents, or maybe it's a um, just a, a friend that's taking care of you in emotional and you know any way. Like um, that's the piece that any of the relationships that you've developed strongly will be there with you in the in the tough times and so when you're the patient that's that's got the bad news that you've got cancer and you only have you know six months to two years three years to live that type of thing it depends on the personality so if you've lived your life 
in grace and gratitude that's the things that you implement at the end of your life if you have your mind i one of the things that i've really found is when you have a stroke when someone has a stroke they forget a lot of times they forget their brain is changed and so they forget some of the resentments that they've had and it's like their confusion or if they have dementia this applies with dementia their confusion brings grace into their life so that the family members or the relationships that have been harmed by this patient or life experiences with this patient seem to be better able to forgive. The forgiveness factor in families is just amazing. And I really believe there's grace in the end of life. And that kind of love that you feel when a baby is born can present itself in such beautiful ways when someone dies. And so when you are in a religion that, speaks about, you know, brimstone fire and brimstone stuff. One of the things that I think that's important to remember is there's so many more helpers on the other side that's trying to get their loved one back to them that there's love there and the people that are left here on this earth that are afraid of being without them or mad at them or whatever, they find there's this beautiful feeling of grace. So it's kind of works that way, and it's something that was very surprising to me. Well, my uh, friend, Pastor uh, Dave in in uh, Go Lead a Life and Light. It's a. It's not. I. I, If you want to call it a denomination, he's free Methodist, and Uh and, but it's just a beautiful non-denominational stuff. He he talks about. His his sermons are are great. Don't make me want to puke, you know. And um, but he recently had uh, I don't know, he, I don't know Doris, I don't know who how he's related, but he has a very small congregation, maybe like five families, you know. Mm-hmm. But they're loyal and they come for years since since mm. I since he started since I met him giving out lunch and, um, and that was 2000 and, um, I want to say 10, 11, maybe 2012, Okay, 2012. Yeah. That's when I went back there. And so that, and they're the same people keep going to him, right? His mom and dad. But recently somebody named Doris died and he's just like, I think it's the first time someone in this congregation died and it just Uh totally took months out of his life. You know what I'm saying? Well, the best way, and I saw this in a in a patient's family this this week, this last week, it, and being part and 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 watching this and being there in in that moment, it, the best way to describe in some families how they how they become aware because awareness is one of the biggest things, and not being in denial, right? So let's say your family member 
um, gets cancer and they go through all the chemotherapy and then that doesn't work and there's this process of watching your loved one um, decline that is hard to watch but it prepares you for for the for the feeling mm-hmm. of okay I don't want to see this my loved one suffer like this I am I am able to let go even if I don't want to. But when you're, when family members are in deep denial and there's this, the best way to describe it is an emotional, um, uh, bomb that has catastrophic damage in emotional, um, ways. And the best, and the way that clergy or anybody around them is just to be there in the, in the moment of that bomb. And say, okay, we've got you know, in an in energetic level, I've got you. We'll get through this bomb. And that hope is what you cling to. That hope. I've never had a friend die on me, but um, I know I follow Lindsay Sterling pretty well. I mean, I just mm-hmm. was infatuated with her and uh the um she had a friend named Gavi that was a part of her band and he got cancer and died rather quickly as far as i know and mm-hmm. she, she and she just recently did a tweet about how she she really hit the floor mm-hmm. it just made her hit the floor you know, it, it is it is like an emotional explosion when someone's just not dealt with a reality and then it hits you, it hits you like a bomb. And if you've got a family member who has watched it and has come, you, you come to peace even. But I, I mean, I deal with the with the slower side of death. I know. Well, he got cancer, um, so I don't know. Like, I don't know any of these specifics. I think I I learned about his death after it happened, but uh, I didn't even know. I and and I know who Gabby is, but I just seen Mm -hmm. on YouTube. But yeah, there's this crisis level that goes on when you when like somebody dies in a car wreck or in a fire or. Suddenly, no, no ability to be able to process. Okay, I better get things right with my relationship with this person. It's too late. That's when, yeah. If it's a sudden thing, it feels too late. And and then there's that. Uh, I mean, that's an emotional but bomb right there too, right? Don't more people die in car accidents than like with cancer and stuff. I mean, what are those? I don't know the statistics. Because yeah. yeah. I'm in the world of let's support these families and these patients mainly. The you know, I mean, how what? how can we support this this end of life transitioning phase? That's where I live and work in. So oh. I don't. Like how many? How many are under your care right now? Um, I don't. I wonder. I don't know about thirty, thirty-five. Wow, that's a big responsibility, Mom. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
So do you encourage them to go to church if they go to church or see their bishop or their Wiccan leader? First thing we, I try to help them see is ways to be resilient. What are your coping skills? What do you do? Who do you talk to? Who is your support system? Let's find resiliency in the equation so that you know you can be strong. And if you are too weak, you have somebody who can help bolster you emotionally physically, you know, I have to remind people to eat and drink and take care of themselves because it get, you get, it's a space of total immersion of trying to deal with the reality that they're dealing with. And, so they they know, like, and they know they're going to die. And it's just... Yeah, it's just like, well, okay. I'm talking about family members. Patients are pretty much ready. By the time they've come through with it, they've done their work for whatever reason. I spend more time, the majority of my time, helping family members figure it out. And the resentment goes away, so it makes it easier for the family members? I mean, Well, that's the piece. When you have that emotional bomb and you finally come to see the reality of it, then you're able to see, okay, what do I need to do to make this easier for them type of thing? You know, it's not about me. It's about the patient. And when the family member gets to that point, the patient seems to calm down and and just do it the way they want to. They, people die the way they want to in their own individual way. And they have, most of them have, do you make sure that they have plans for their burial? And Yeah, and that's part like, of But if the family really, members are in denial about that, then, they you know, I plans. bring it up. I'm not, yeah, I, you know, I just bring it up. It's, I, I bring up awarenesses of things, like so, what, what mortuary, what, you know, what are you going to cremate? Are you going to bury or some want you know to donate their body to science which is beautiful everything about that the ritual the rituals a beautiful thing it's just different for every family and there are commonalities but it's about the ritual it's about the the, the ritual the, of the funeral or, or right before it all of it it's all of it big ritual huh mm -hmm. Anyway, well, I mean, how many, I mean, how often are people in denial to, uh, the family members are in denial, not necessarily the one dying. Pretty much the one that's sick and dying isn't. It's the family members and it's, it depends. This is why when I talk to you, Brian, about, okay, these are my plans, it's, I feel like it's teaching you, okay, you know, if I have a stroke, maybe that's going to be easier on me, so don't feel bad about me having a stroke, don't feel, don't, don't, you know, have pity on that, that might be something that I need to have to make this transition for me, to your mom who's, who's trying to pass easier, or my my preference is that I've done the emotional work that I don't have to do that. My preference is that throughout my life, I have prepared my family as to what I, I would like, but 
but that I'd be okay either way and that I could experience fully aware of everything that goes on because this is a beautiful world we live in and there's beautiful moments I wouldn't want to miss out on because I was in so much denial I had to have a stroke to deal with my death. Mm. It's just like you're giving your... That's kind of why I will bring it up, like Brian, you know, I I love Dana Point. Yeah. You know, I want to be in ashes in Dana Point, please, you know, or, or, but then I I look at the ritual of burying, and it's beautiful too, it's just not probably my preference. Mm -hmm. But you guys know that. I mean, There's some families who won't even talk to me about that. I mean... simply refuse to talk about it. Just. <laughs> but then it hits them because they're going to have to deal with it and they have this big deal after. Yeah, here's your dead body. Planning. <laughs> you know, you're in the middle of the mortuary having to pick out a casket and everything else. Well, I think I like to have myself prepared enough to say, well, I've done what I can here. I, I, well, I know. Well, I know. My my carpenter side of the whole family was extremely grateful for Grandma Frida. For I mean, I was living with exactly. her when she was going to the to going to the. She was ready to die. She was. I'm going to die in ten years, and nothing's going to stop me from doing that. And this is my coffin, and I want squirrels and trees. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a gift your carpenter family that she had it planned that they didn't have to figure it out because when you got that oh I guess this is really happening I guess this you know my loved one is dead I have to be able to now I have to do pick up the pieces about it and whether it's picking up the emotional pieces or the physical pieces maybe some family members are linked financially to it's a huge it's a huge emotional bomb and it's a hard one well, so I don't really talk to Grandma Gail that much, but her sister is in an end of care facility. They're not yeah. dying, but right. they're not um, able. She's not able to be in public. It's a locked facility because she'll just mm-hmm. grab a beer, drink herself to death. But last time mm-hmm. I visited with her, her mind was a lot was gone. Was, was, yeah. There, yeah. But I, 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 first of all, like I told you, mom, I've, when, when people, people talk to me about their friends dying or their moms dying, or I'm like, well, I'm sorry. I've never had that happen. But, you know, you got to remember what you believe in. You can choose what to believe. Exactly. You, right. Belief is a choice. Whether or not right. your parents taught you and then you just uh-huh. chose to believe it. And But people will defend their beliefs to the death and kill for their beliefs. Yes. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. but belief is a choice to matter why why is belief so strong why is the need to have a belief system so strong i went to hypnosis school to learn that to learn 
my goal was to learn that. I ha, ha, didn't. But, uh, yeah. I wanted to know why people believe in the Mormon religion or this religion or whatnot. I was in Virginia knocking on doors and I wanted to understand why they, their beliefs were so hardcore that it causes great tension. You know, you don't talk about politics mm-hmm. and religion, right? Well, if their yeah. belief is different from yours, then that right. undermines your validation of your belief because you don't know, you don't have knowledge, you have faith. You know, when you choose to believe something, you start having faith in it. And then okay. you want validation, like the the Christopher's work. I want it when I first got it. I read it. Wow, this is amazing stuff. And then, mm-hmm. and then I needed. Well, I wanted. Um, it validated. All I needed was one person saying, "Yeah, this looks like this looks like it's you know." Mm-hmm. It, it, it's in harmony with what, what? It, with the universe. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. I, I don't blame people like James Randi. He's a, he's a debunker of pseudoscience. He's about to die. Actually, he's getting mm-hmm. pretty old. Um, um, but he put up a million dollars, uh, a bond to anybody that can prove supernatural ability. And he interviewed Uri Guller, the spoon mender. And Mm. it's just like, but the thing is, is like, I don't understand how atheists come to peace, you know, peace. And, um, but I just be like, one or two things are going to happen. Just one or two things are going to happen. You're going to either, First, the only solace, the biggest solace that I quote that I heard for for the non-believer, and I don't know about other religions like Buddhism or Confucianism. I do know, though, that the Jews didn't really have a concept of heaven and hell until Jesus came along. Um mm. They didn't, they didn't have a concept of heaven and hell. They did believe in reincarnation, but, um, or some of them do, depending on what sect, Jewish sect you're in. Um, so that's a little, that, that might have been the main prevailing solid piece that they had. Well, just come again, you know, you know, hopefully I get born to rich parents. But what I'm saying is that, is that I, I, I'm, I like to believe that, yeah, if I want to see you in heaven, I'll be able to see you in heaven, you know? But that's where I think the bigger, the bigger picture is, is the relationships that you've developed here. They are probably the ones you do want to see in heaven. Right. And that's, and that's probably, look, this is coming from a mind of a therapist, right? So I, I, that's, I, that's what I deal with is in relationships. But some, 
I've said this before, I think even on your program, but one of the biggest pieces of advice I ever heard was when I asked a doctor about how to deal with death, she's like, just remember the relationship that you have here on earth is the same relationship that you have, that you will have with your loved one who is dying or who has passed. And, and that matters. And that's the thing that you need to focus on with your families that you work with. <sighs> you know, I, yeah. Mom. Yeah. So if you have unresolved feelings about, you know, brothers, sisters, yeah, uh, this guy, in the family. This guy, this guy, he's freaking 76 years old, 86 years old. I'm going through my, my crazy off my meds type of thing, you know, and, and he, he's the leader of the American peace movement comes to Santa Barbara. He, um, he, um, shows me some kind of cool, a cool little, a way to build a cool little tent. And, and then like on Facebook, I didn't even know who the hell this person was. And he, he, he wanted, he wanted me See, I was doing my my foundation thing, and then he was doing his foundation thing. And I was like, yeah, I'll help. Let me, you know, that's part of my, our mission statement. Let me help you. But then he got all pissed off and pissy that um, that I'm not, like, 100% his or his mm-hmm. subordinate, you know, doing exactly what he says and, and, mm-hmm. and doing what he says. I, I think I said F you, F, F you on, on a text. I saw that. I was like, well, I said that. I couldn't believe it. Then he wouldn't speak to me again. I asked for, uh, I, 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 and I apologized. Mm-hmm. Still no words. This old mm-hmm. man, old man, old man. And, uh, mm-hmm. and still no words. Then I uh, had a friend say, Hey, is, can you please ask him if there's anything that I can do to, you know, apologize? <laughs> no, mm-hmm. he wouldn't even talk, talk to her, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's just like, okay, American peace movement. Uh, there's a song that I like that says as <laughs> pieces, we, we assassinate pacifist because it's because as if peace is something to resist. I'm just saying. Yeah. I just don't understand. He's like the I went to Ivy to begin with to learn activism and I fell in love with with, right. with that. And and I could have really helped, but the my foundation could have helped. But he had his own paperwork, so He's probably still there. Yeah. I and, mean, and it's just, I mean, I mean, if he's out here in a motorhome that old, you know, well, he, he, he made reference to a house pulling it out of his thing. But look, really, you got some good ideas about peace and, and, mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. And, and yeah, but, um, Maybe he was Jewish, uh, but he didn't practice. So uh, in his heart, he needed to have love, uh, you know, right. and realize that, hey, I'm mentally ill and 
you know, first of all, I'm not going to just drop, I'm going to help you, but I'm not going to abandon my prior commitments for the American peace movement. Just because you said I'm the Santa Barbara leader of the American peace movement. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, relationships really do matter. And the way that you grow and learn in this world. I agree. Oh, what what do you talk to your bishop at all about what you do? Do you have to go well, to for counseling? Um, you got it pretty handled. It's I, I spirituality and religion. Not, no, I'm talking about like you know, people dying. I'm not talking about your own personal, your own personal. No, I mean, somebody else. You ever talk about somebody else in your work? Yeah. I I mean, I don't, I have to keep my work to myself pretty much. So it's. Yeah, it must be hard, mom. I mean, just like, why did you, and this is what you wanted to do when you were going to school? There is this. There is, I didn't know the passion I have with this and, and the, the gifts that I have to be able to help others through this time. And yes, they get taxing and, and yes, I get exhausted at the end of days, but it's still, it's still a beautiful work that I feel honored to do. Are you still getting my quotes last couple of days? The love quotes? I, I have. I just, this last weekend was pretty. It's uh, automated, big. so I I don't I. Yeah, I, I have I've gotten them. I don't even I see them every once in a while, but I don't know what it is. So thank you, they're beautiful. <laughs> All right, well I guess I love you. I'm gonna turn it off. Love you the recording. Too, honey. You don't need to hang up. You don't need to hang up. Just okay. Let me turn it off. <laughs> All right, if you know why or who, any information about the body, the dead body hanging from a rope in a tree on the neck near I-80 in Roseville, um, then there's this is a number you should call. Hold on, let me give it to you. Uh, the Sacramento Valley Crime Stoppers, anonymously by phone at one 800 222 Four six three. There was a male subject um, not identified hanging from a tree branch, um, and they just uh, don't really know what happened. Doesn't talk about anything about the uh, victim. Anyway, that's my obituary for today. And let's do the word of the day. Let's do let's do our daily bread. Let's get some Jesus in us real quick. Go to our daily bread ODB. So Google our daily bread. Get your app yourself. You can follow it yourself. It's pretty good. But I I do this because it's really cumbersome sometimes. We need some Jesus in my podcast. Some Bible lovers 
they don't know about Jesus, how much Jesus is actually, I don't know how much these guys really know about the Lord of Lords, King of the Solar System, but um, the thing is, is they don't even call him Jesus, huh? Like a, taco. a coffee. Coffee? Yeah, or you could go get a coffee for. Well, uh, I'm not going back. Oh, yeah, a coffee. Thank you. A coffee. I'm not, I, I, they. All right, if you know why or who any information about the body, the dead body hanging from a rope in a tree on the neck near I-80 in Roseville, um, then there's, this is the number you should call. Hold on, let me give it to you. Uh, the Sacramento Valley Crime Stoppers. Anonymously by phone at 1-800-222-7463. There was a male subject um, not identified hanging from a tree branch. Um, and they just uh, don't really know what happened. It doesn't talk about anything about the uh, victim. Anyway, that's my obituary for today. And let's do the word of the day. Let's do... The Esperanto language is the universal language of peace that could have happened in before World War One, except the French dude said no for the international language, or else we'd be speaking our English and our um, Esperanto. And then Hitler killed a lot of people that spoke uh, Esperanto because it's too radical to have free love. I mean, loving your neighbor. And then um, Japan bombed the the uh, military that was using Esperanto as a war game yeah, right before World War One. And just so you know, Japan had bombed America. Japan before World War Two did drop bombs in Golita or Santa Barbara, California. It is published. It is there. Japan has dropping, dropped bomb, uh, missiles here from a submarine on in 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 there, and it's published. You can look up the Isla Vista records or Golita records in California. Just so you know, that's it. Really did happen. We the history that we think we know isn't necessarily it. You think we're so great? We've never been bombed. Except for the Civil War. Yeah. Well, anyway. the Today's Esperanto day for the word is ratty. To ride. La chiam ridas sian bicyclon a la laboreo. He always rides his bicycle to work. Laboreo. Uh, work? Huh? Makes sense. Bicyclon? Huh? Ridas. Ride. Um, and now we're going to open up the Daily Stoic quote. So just breathe with me. 
And exhale. Okay, we're gonna do the stoic phone. Okay, so drunkenness is nothing but voluntary madness. Yeah, I listened to a quote. It's like, uh, what's the point in drinking if you can't take it too far? Give me a shout out if you know who saw, who said that. It's great. Yeah, you give me a bag of balloons, a pump. Bring me to a bar, I will be crawling out. I'm not allowed to make money, receive tips at a bar, but I can definitely make those balloons for a beer or two. And then I'm crawling my my ass out. No, I'm not really a, a drinker. Okay, so um, we got the Daily Stoic. Did we do the Daily Bread? No, we didn't do the Daily Bread. We're gonna do the daily bread now. These guys are my baby favorite Bible thumpers. Bible thumpers, I guess. I bet, guarantee you, none of them will like my podcast, though. But this is under fair use, as far as I'm concerned. And if they care, then I'm spreading the word of the Lord, as they say. You can always go to ODP, ODP.org, get your own uh, daily bread um, thing, or install the app, which is what I'm using. I encourage you to do that. Get someone, give one, sign one up, give, donate it to the jail. That's where I got first learned about it, in jail. Everyone needs compassion. Allison Kieda. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were har- harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Matthew 9:36. When Jeff was a new believer in Jesus and fresh out of college, he worked for a major oil company. In his role as a salesman, he traveled, and in his travels, he heard people's stories, many of them heartbreaking. He realized that what his customers most needed wasn't oil, but compassion. They needed God. Uh, I wonder if Jesus ever sold snake oil. They needed God. This led Jeff to attend seminary to learn more about the heart of God and eventually to become a pastor. Well, I I don't know, turning water into wine... He did that for the wedding, though, so he didn't receive financial compensation. But there's theories that the Jesus out there that we know was very rich, came from that Mary had tons of money, or Joseph had tons of money. Maybe it was both of them. Um, Jeff's compassion had its source in Jesus in Matthew 9, 26, 33. We We get a glimpse of Christ's compassion in the miraculous healing of two blind men and one demon-possessed man. Throughout his earthly ministry, he went about preaching the gospel and healing through all the towns and villages. I have a course in my storage unit called Medical Hypnotherapy. I literally can bring someone down so deep inside of themselves that they can have surgery and not feel pain. I can do that. I just can't get paid to do it because marketing it is like crap. Going to a doctor every 
25,000 doctors telling them what I do, and the nurse is like, yeah. But if you're allergic to anesthesia, it's the only way. Plus, it doesn't have the side effects of anesthesia or the risk. Hypnotherapy. Um, there is, uh, you would be able to find a hypnobirthing consultant around you. If you want to, if you are um, knowing a woman that wants to have a pain-free childbirth that is more healthy and, um, and everything. Well, it takes six months of meditation and then you can have a baby without pain. Guarantee it. It's verifiable. Look it up. Hypnobirthing. The world today is still full of troubled and hurting people who need the Savior's gentle care. Like a shepherd who leads, protects, and cares for his sheep, Jesus extends his compassion to all who come to him. No matter where we are in life and what we're experiencing in him, we find a heart overflowing with tenderness and care. And when we've been a beneficiary of God's loving compassion, we can't help but want to extend it to others. How, when have you experienced God's tender care? Who can you reach out to in compassion? Heavenly Father, we're so grateful you had compassion on us. We would be lost without you. Help us to extend your overflowing compassion to others. We wouldn't be lost. We would be dead without God. We wouldn't even be here. Just breaking news, breaking news. Here, extra, extra, read all about it. Harry and Meghan of the Royal Crown are saying, according to the Washington Post, that they want to step down and work for themselves instead of being on the UK dole or the British dole or the, I don't know, UK dole. Anyway, I think that's rather cool. They could probably um, get any job they wanted. (laughs) They're gonna live in Canada and in um in um in in uh uh UK. It would be kind of interesting, Prince Charles, if you worked in uh in in like a television as like uh as an action figure kind of guy. <laughs> anyway. Well, that's been an hour for today. Good enough for today. We'll do something maybe in a couple of days once I can get up to do one do as many podcasts as a week as possible, but I don't think I can do it every day. But please go to immortalself.org, leave a message, challenge me, ask me a question, ask my mom a question, I'll put it or air it. Um, or also please, I really need your help. Donate a dollar or five dollars or ten dollars there at immortalself.org. Uh, I definitely need it. Um, it would be just a, a miracle. Thank you so much and blessed being.